0: Okay, welcome to the Swedish Junior Hockey Podcast. I'm your host Jacob Dalin, originally from Leksand. We will have to say that somehow now I live in the U.S. But uh, today's guest, uh, the J20 uh, national team coach uh, Jacob Strandberg, from originally from east coast of Sweden in Kalmar. But uh, welcome to the podcast.
1: Well, thank you, Jacob. Thank you, Jacob. Nice to nice to be here. This episode is
0: brought to you by Scandlux, your home for Scandinavian luxury products for the U.S. market. You can find us at scandlux.com. Yeah. So, what I thought uh, we talked once offline and and chatted a little bit about video coaching and and video analysis, and that's going to be my main topic. I think it'd be cool to talk about some of the other things too, and and and. Um, the systems and 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 Swedish national team, if we can a little bit, and and not in details, of course, but but um, um, but let's start a little bit about your background because you you know you're not a player anymore at yeah, the exactly. elite, at the elite level. I guess I guess your elite prospect profile would say, does it say
1: retired? I don't know if it does, uh, but uh, I definitely don't play anymore. So yeah, it should be. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't actually, but
0: um, but tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, I'm 20, 29 years old right now, a uh, guy who loves hockey, and I've been doing that since I was a kid, and always loved many sports, but when I was like 14, my dad said to me, now you have to choose which sport you want to play, and uh, I chose ice hockey because I thought that was most fun to practice, and I... No, I knew that I had to practice a lot to get somewhere so that's why I chose ice hockey and I've been uh, now coaching for the last six years because I uh, stopped playing as a 22 year old because of injuries and other factors I believe like I didn't get so good as I hoped that I would be and uh, I o- always knew that I had a bigger future as a coach or now as an analyst so
0: yeah so uh, on your late prospects it says uh, troja Jung, jungby which is in it, it, you know i never actually been so is it in jungby or is it in troja two is it two towns or what you, is
1: uh, i think the troja is only for the hockey team and jungby is the city okay so and it's, it's like really far south in sweden right it's the middle part of Småland uh, there.
0: And and uh, so how did you end up there? Because Kalmar, where you grew up, is is right there south, uh, right on the inside of Lake of uh, of uh, of uh, um, what's the Gotland and yeah, say Öland. Öland. I yeah. I've been gone so long, I don't even know that the... there's only two islands of Sweden. Yeah. Gotland and Öland and I didn't even, uh, but I, I've actually been to Öland on Ölandsbron, um, the, 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 the bridge over there. But Kalmar, kind of, a, kind of a neat small town, not small town, but kind of medium-sized town, city. Yeah, yeah.
1: And back uh, like 10 years ago when I, when I should uh, choose which hockey gymnasium I had uh, should go to. Kalmar was not as uh, good team as they are today. So they were like playing Division 2, which is like the four, fourth division over here. Yeah. So uh, uh, now they're playing this uh, Hockey Allsvensk. Yeah, they just got moved season. up. Um, yeah, which is really fun. They've done a tr- terrific job there over the last years to move up the system. It's nice just, to see them play at a high level. Yeah, just a plug for the previous
0: episode that we had in in April with uh with Mange and Anni Sefström with uh Sefström with Skills and Prehab. Um Mange is the skills coach there in in Kalmar and has done a great job and and um uh, it's going to be fun. I mean, they're going to have a tough time being the new guy in Alsvängan. It's a completely different level than Hoketten for sure. Um but was so when you went there was that uh was Troya Yungbe was it considered
1: uh NIU gymnasium it was uh, the year after i was going there okay so they got their NIU license like one year after i was going there so yeah you could say a bit of both yeah and then
0: uh played your all the way up J20 got a cup of coffee in Hokkel Svenskan which is pretty good
1: yeah, it was it was a fun experience. No, no uh, shifts, but it was still a nice experience to move up uh, from the under eighteen team to to the men's team in that organization. That you went. Do you remember
0: who you played?
1: Yeah, it was Rugle. Oh, uh, and they had a good team. I think they got promoted to SHL that year, but uh, and they had some good players, and it was a full house. So wow, yeah great experience yeah. all right
0: and then and then a couple of years um uh in hockey ettan halmstad i mean good teams uh um and uh, uh you know not small town teams i see you played in olofström there as well uh good organization as well a little bit on loan um as well but then so so, what made you? So so, have you always been involved or in, kind of interested in coaching, or when did you get into thinking about? Was it kind of in that time period, or has that been? Have you been involved earlier as well?
1: I wouldn't say I've been involved. Maybe like in under eighteen team when I was uh, injured, I was on the bench sometimes as a. You no, know, since I was a captain of the team, I thought it was fun too. Still be involved in the games, but uh, I know it's always been uh, in my head because my grandpa was a really, really good soccer coach. Uh, he coached like the Danish national teams and a lot of good teams in Sweden and in Europe. So it's always been in my interest to and uh, to be a coach. So it's my biggest idol. So I always wanted to follow his path. Yeah,
0: how uh, so? did you get take a lot of influence or kind of um, ideas from him or or
1: yeah not like this specific into the sport like the tactics and stuff but a lot of his influence on work ethic and uh, how you like talk to teams and i've been seeing him in these in big environments sometimes and i i know how hard he worked when even if we were there on vacation, he was still in front of that TV watching games like of opponents and stuff. So
0: that's amazing. I um, it's a little bit of a of a of a common a commonality that of different people that I've talked to is in their journey of how did they end up where they are and the and the value and the importance of mentorship and not necessarily what you say. But how you live your life, type of things, and parents, of course, or grandparents, in your case, um, played a big, big role in that. So, so you got your first. um, So, how did you get into the whole video coach side, or was that like the first step of getting involved? Because I know you've done more than just video coaching and also helping with the teams. But you know, so if you're looking at your elite prospects profile. Uh, early on, it's it's uh, it's video coach and then assistant coach and and so on. Uh, talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, so I, it was a bit of an accident. Uh, I was uh, going to study to become a teacher, and I uh, when you got your like uh, message where you where you should go, I got into Veikko, and right away when I got to Veikko, I knew that I had. Would like to be involved in some uh, coaching role in uh, the hockey uh, in the hockey team. So I knew one guy in, who should start as an assistant coach for the under-18 team in Växjö Lakers, and uh, I just texted him and said I would be interested uh, to help them in any kind of way if they if they had the needs, and he just. Texted me back and said that uh, the head coach wanted a video coach. So then another video coach in the organization from the under 20 team, Christopher Lingen, who still works for VEC as an analyst, uh, he taught me how to tag in Dartfish and all that uh, stuff. So <laughs> it was, I had a bit of a luck, but uh, I think I've done a pretty hard work as well over the years. Too. Yeah. And that was Juel run who
0: was the head coach then, right? Yeah, exactly. And and then he moved up to 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 uh, Is that did you kind of follow him there? Because I see that you you went to Choleftio later.
1: Yeah, I, I, many people think that, but it's actually opposite. I was going to Choleftio before him. Oh, really? Says, yeah, because I texted Niklas in Choleftio, uh, and he we talked a bit and. Uh, I signed a contract for the under 18 team there for 2 years and Joel was still searching for uh, an opportunity to be assistant coach in the SHL and uh, when that didn't happen uh, I said to Niklas uh, who searching for was searching for a under 20 coach that Joel was available and they talked and now he's still there so yeah kind of funny
0: Thank you very much, but I'm sure that you had that. That's cool to be able to have someone that you already know in the organization as well. For for both of you,
1: yeah, it was uh, really good, both for him and me, and but also see new people. That's really developing for you as a coach.
0: Yeah, so it's interesting. One thing about that I see often is that the video coaches are the goalie coach.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's a typical uh, thing in Sweden. I I think that uh, goalie coaches have been. Some people like that role, and some people have just got it off economic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We need someone to be. We need someone to be the video coach. You only work with three players. We work with (laughs) twenty-five. A little bit of that. A little bit of that. No, but But
1: I, I. I'm, I knew more, more and more teams are, like, uh, developing to get more people involved in their organization, like uh, hiring analysts. And uh, I think Frölunda has a uh, video coach full time and, and he's been working there for, like, 10 years. So I knew uh, teams are looking at, like, expanding their organization. Yeah.
0: Talk a little bit about it. I think this is a, a little a little sidetrack here, but the difference in the different because you've played in the different levels of different organizations, you've coached in different levels, and certainly when you've and and then also with the with the national team and 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 the resources that are out there, but you know you've got the big clubs like Väckrecholäftio regla uh, that we've talked about. And then you have the smaller clubs like Troja, Ulofstra, Halmstad right? And and there's a big difference between the level of or, or, or the foundational, the amount of people that they can employ and so on. What does that mean since this is about junior hockey here? But what does that mean for the junior player that comes into a team like Galeftio versus like when you went to Troja? Originally, if you take your experience,
1: I believe uh, the like morning sessions are the most, uh, where it's m- most different, yeah. Because in Chleftio, we had two full time coaches on every team, plus a goalie coach, and plus a player development, so we're like six coaches for two teams. That means we can divide. Into smaller groups and still have good, uh, specific education for each smaller group. When I went to Troy Jungby, it was one full time coach for two teams. Yeah. And ha- who had like, and maybe two second year, but it was one first year. So that's the main difference, like resources.
0: And then if you, if you, if then you can also say the next level down, you may not you may have, you may not even have the skills training at all, or you may have perhaps a lower level or a less experience, or maybe it's the coach that have the team may also be doing the skills. Yeah, exactly. So limited resources and the ability to, so when you have now been coaching and 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 especially in the video side what is it this the stuff that you're seeing do you see a big difference not just in the physical development meaning the training that they're doing but also the kind of the mental and the acuity and the hockey iq from the players based off of those things uh
1: well i think uh, Mm -hmm. the hockey iq it's not it's not better i think okay you know, when i when i grew up we always played on the street like street hockey just divided into two teams and we could play for hours now kids go to like uh, skills camps and they do technical stuff so they can shoot under 18 player can shoot like puck that i never could yeah i they have so good shot and they can hit one timers like you could see in SHL but and they can do like these moves that yeah you i didn't even could spell to. but but i think the hockey IQ is uh, something you really have to work with uh, with these young players right now
0: so you see this and and like i said i grew up in lexon and one of the things um i mean it's a pretty public thing for example philip forsberg who who was playing in lexon grew up in lexon and in on the on the other side of the river, it was called a community called Okere, which is where his school was. And after school, every day, everybody would all of his buddies would go to the rink. And it was a it was just a community rink in not even at the at the arena, but it was Orkira's rink. And that's where the buddies would go and, and play. So uh, him and Oliver Ekvan Larson and some others, they kind of came together. Johan Hedberg and they 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 created a a fundraiser there in Lexan, and they created the uh, hockey Arena, um, the 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 arena of dreams, which was a lean to to the backside of the uh, of the uh, practice rink, and it was in the summertime. It's a dry land rink, and in the wintertime they flood it and bring the Zam out and they and they but but it's the rules were you're not allowed to have organized practices. It's just for the community to come and just play. And anybody can play. There's not a you can't book the ice. It's just kind of uh, that way. So I'm I'm bringing that up as a as an example, and and you see some on social media. Parents and communities that are setting up these smaller um, community rinks, not necessarily with boards, Um, and like it simulates what happens up in Canada where you have, you know, pond hockey um, and so on. Talk a little bit about, you you mentioned kind of that, that what's the correlation with Hockey IQ with that, that you've experienced?
1: well it's decisions right so you have to based on the information you get you have to make a decision when you face like only an st- object that is not moving you can choose whatever you want it doesn't matter but if you cho- if you're facing an object that's moving you have to make a split sec- split second decision it has to be right otherwise you could be in trouble both physically and in the game as a result.
0: So how much does experience uh, count into that with, if you've never been in that environment of of kind of chaos and working within the chaos, you may be, do you see slow thinking in that or or what? Because you may, or is it the physical, you're, you're not able to move your body quick enough or what, or is it both?
1: I believe slow thinking maybe. Yeah. Or just, you're just uh, going your pace and not having the environment in your decision. So we had
0: some, um, I've had some conversations with Ted Soikinen, who plays, he's the skills guy with yeah. Zoom. Uh, and Ted is probably uh, one of the best when it comes to that thinking fast. Yeah. And, or fast thinking. And how do I simulate that in now practices? So, when you're a video coach, what's your? I'm assuming that you are part of the coaching staff, and how much of 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 your influence now comes into designing drills or scenarios based off of? I I would imagine that when you do video analysis, you identify here's the problems that we're having.
1: Yeah, you could say that when I when you know when I was coaching in Koleftio. We had a saying that we always play even strength, or like we didn't do drills that was two on ones on open ice. We didn't do three on two on small area games because we always wanted that pressure on you that had on the puck that was simulating to the games. Like we always do three on three when we play five on five. It was always like. 5 on 0 or 5 on 5 was not that we divided the drill into 5 on 2 5 on 3 and then 5 on 5 we always play the game like 5 on 0 or 5 on 5 and and had,
0: have you seen is that because you do, you didn't you didn't what what's the philosophy behind that it's just the amount of pressure and real life you, we want you to practice in real life of how the
1: game is played yeah simulate the game basically Um, put the players in those situations that we think uh, come into the game very often and and when you play five on five that and just let the play roll after that simulated start you also get this flow that hockey is a lot of flow game you have to connect these uh, areas also that's really important
0: So uh, let's flip this now to kind of your role as a video coach. Um, Since we're, I know that you, you do a lot more than just video coach, but um, let's talk about what's the main, what's your job description as a video coach? What's your main
1: objective? Yeah, that depends on which team you're working for and what coaching staff uh, has uh, uh, what they want out of you, but uh, for like the under 20 team now with the national team I'm basically in charge of getting the video of every uh, game and practice and make sure that every coach has what they want in uh, regarding video and uh, in the games I tag the games and I come down to the to the in the missions and say what I think about what I see from upstairs and uh, Make sure the coaches can watch power play box play and all all our scoring chances and uh, after the games i have the uh, uh, responsibility of um, uh, static stats yeah so I, I make sure to check uh, where our weaknesses and strengths are and uh, like my main thing to watch is the scoring chances how our scoring chances are upfront and uh, what we led against
0: so how does that differ with the national team versus let's say your pr- prior roles uh, in, in Vecchio and video coaching uh,
1: so uh, in Växjö and Kolefte, when you work with these players daily it's more like a development mindset so you talk uh, more about with the players and uh, Because the time frame is different, yes. So, so yeah. So you have yeah during a tournament with the national team, the time frame is really small, and you have like I know uh, the World Championship uh, for juniors is seven games in nine days, I think. (laughs) So, not too much information is going to uh, be able to get to the players. You just have to. Uh, prepare for the next game, all the time.
0: So, uh, when we're talking about then the analytics portion and the, and the and the
1: gathering,
0: so what are the tools that you're using? Because uh, I would imagine that the games that you're getting internationally may how do you, how do you get those the game footage? Is that going to be from all platforms wherever?
1: Uh, so we. Um, Always when we play tournaments, it's, it's always like internal uh, devices. So they uh, tape the games, and we get them from like our Dartfish system. But and- we also but we also get the footage from uh, Sportlogic, like after a couple hours. So but- we both both internal with Dartfish and uh, on camera and uh, from Sportlogic.
0: But there's not any um friendly sharing. I give you mine and you give me yours.
1: Well, it could be sometimes, but mostly not.
0: Okay. And you know, we had Speedio um on before as a and of course we've had we've talked about Svenskoki TV. But so talk about Sport Logic and Darkfish. What's that?
1: So Sport Logic is an AI company that uh, tag the games like um, as a computer not uh, manually so we could get like a uh, couple thousand tags from the game uh, from them so it's like it's like instat but it, they do it automatically okay yeah i was going to ask if, it,
0: if it's similar that. to instat
1: it's similar but it's much better and much more uh, stats so do
0: you does that work where you have a game and you send it to them and they will do what yeah, you want do. to have done?
1: Yeah, they I, I, we can ask Sportloggy to do many things, but uh, that's one of the things we make sure that they do that they send the uh, individual shifts to the players. Okay. an Email. And what about game. What's, what about Dartfish? Is that is that the software that you use to kind of slice and dice? Yeah, that's what we use because uh, some of these places don't have internet connection, so that's where we use Starfish. Uh, okay. Because you don't, you can work with it offline, and uh, you could tag the games there. You could tag the practices and work in the software with uh, all the clips or uh, for practices and pre-scouts and everything. Okay.
0: What about so? What are the key things that 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 you're tracking from from Sport Logic? Is it similar to kind of Instat, where you have, you know, length of shifts and the stats of how many shots on goal and and but you get it more in a visual way. Yeah. And-
1: Possession time in different zones. You have uh, slot shots and uh, uh, which players with ice ice times and zone starts, face-offs. It's so many metrics that we look at.
0: Okay. Any? Do you all u- utilize, have you been part of utilizing anything like wearables? Uh, both from a positioning and from a physio standpoint?
1: I don't know what you mean about that.
0: Uh, like uh, the wearable devices. So uh, they're measuring heart rates. They're measuring um, blood sugar levels. Yeah, and, yeah, uh,
1: yeah. I didn't know no, if that... I- I have never been involved in that, but I only heard of them, and some people that have used it uh, like uh, how they've been using so
0: yeah it's it's funny you know watching um oh gosh netflix you know Ma- manchester city and and you know when you have unlimited funds and you can have you know it's all about optimizing the the performance of the athlete and how do we how do we make sure that the preparation matches the output? And, you know, when they're doing finger pricks yeah. at halftime to see what your blood sugar level is, is yeah. not just for games, but during practices and, and, um, you know, oxygen consumption versus diet and sleep and heart rates and these type of things. Pretty fascinating stuff, but, yeah. um, not quite there yet with juniors. <laughs> no. All right. So um what are the big things that you see then when you're analyzing what's the big difference? Uh, what is it that you bring to the table Let, let's let's talk about development first of all and then we can talk about kind of your role now and and round out with with the national team. but when you're analyzing and you're working with a with a group of players and it could be, Let's start with the, with the young guys because you worked with J18s. They're coming from their clubs just like you came from Kalmar to Troya. They may be coming from. So if you're working with Vecua, they may be coming from, uh, you know, a, a, a smaller town, and and they may never never have been looked at themselves and their and 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 their strides. What are the common things that you're pointing out? Uh, when you're working from a development standpoint with a group or an individual?
1: It's mostly doing good things every day, like uh, practice and rep- repetition. Like that's the main thing, because that's the only way you in better, like doing things more than others and doing it better. So, Basically, like trying to motivate them to do as good as they possibly can every day.
0: Which then translates into an increased effort level? Or or because they're motivated and they're feeling good, they work harder?
1: Uh, Yeah, sometimes. (laughs) It doesn't work all the time, but we try to motivate them with good examples. And uh, most of them that really like the sport, they also one like that so what about the J- sometimes
0: what about the j20s same thing from a development standpoint now you're not really talking to a rookie you're talking about a someone that is one or two years away from going pro what's the what's the difference there in terms of the things that you're looking at there
1: it's maybe more like short-term goals where we where i want to be in like one year and what I what do I need to do to be there like some people have high goals but their effort every day may not uh, live up to that so uh, I think you need to be clear with what you need to do every day to reach your goals if you said you want to reach those goals
0: yeah that's that's a little surprising it's not what I thought I figured it would have been like okay you need to be working on See your stride length here is not where it needs to be, or or y- we need to be working about your techniques, and you know you're kind of railroading, and or your gap isn't perfect, or your shot, you know. See how your shot compared to
1: someone else, but um, yeah, it. yeah, so, that's that's yeah, man, that's the how, that's step two. Like, if I want to play a uh, defender in hockey al svenska next year. What do I, do I need to work on? And how often do I need to work on that? It's not enough to like do it once every month. You have to do those things maybe every day to be able to play in Hockey Allsvenskan next year. So what are some telltale
0: signs of like what you're talking about, the effort level or the, um, the intensity or whatever? How do you see that? I mean, because I, I would imagine that it, you you have ways of being able to give examples of those type of things.
1: I think it's quite obvious. I think you could, if you were in there in that arena as well, you could see. Even if you don't know him, I think you could see if he goes hundred percent or not.
0: So it's body language, right?
1: Ah, uh, basically body language. Yeah, but also like, how interested are you? Are you when we have like meetings and. Uh, and uh, how engaged are you by yourself when you do yeah. things by yourself
0: that's 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 really good all right switching now to so talk about now j20 national team now we're not yeah. talking about development you're looking at opportunities to to uh, win this game and capitalize yeah. it's a chess game right yeah and how do we how do we seek out weaknesses what do I have versus what they have um, kind of thing, right?
1: Yeah, so first of all, it's a preparation thing where you have short time preparing your team, but that work itself needs to be really good, like making sure that everybody knew what we expect from them uh, on the field. Like this needs to be really clear because we don't have every week of practice to make sure that they – uh, could uh, know know what they need to do, but it's may it's like maybe three days, and then they need to know these stuff that we want to how we want to play. Mm-hmm. So we start there, and then when we see where our own strengths and weaknesses are uh, from, like um, analyzing our own game, and from there we analyze the opponents and see where how we, our game is compared to their game. And then we can figure out a plan how we want to attack the game. Who, who do
0: you typically... So I'm, I pulled up the staff here, which, you know, pretty impressive um, staff with the J20. Because the, the goal here is you got national... Uh, the, the World Juniors coming in Gothenburg in... When is it? December?
1: Yeah, it's like Christmas or around Christmas and New Year's.
0: Yeah. So... Who do you typically out of this staff who do you work with the most? Is it Magnus Heavily, the head coach, or is it more of the assistant coaches, or is it all of them as a team?
1: It's all of them, but uh, for this tournament, I'll be working most with the head coach, and uh, and the D coach will work with the D coach and PK, and he will like do those as here. they, uh, yeah. Up.
0: That's interesting. So what are... Do you already know... Have they already set the... They haven't set the final roster yet,
1: right? No, we're going to uh, Czechia for November. And that's the like final tournament before. And then we have a pre-camp. And then we go Christmas, New Year's. So how... And I would imagine
0: it's the same thing for everybody else. So how do you... So you haven't it doesn't do any good to look at last year's Canada team. Um, they had Connor Bedard and Connor Bedard is not going to play in this tournament.
1: Individually, maybe not, but you can see like uh, a bit structure things that team Canada always plays. They want to play fast. They want to move the puck up the ice as fast as possible. They don't uh, turn the puck home as much as maybe European teams do. So, we can learn from that. And we faced team USA like three times when we were there in the summer. So we have learned a lot from those games.
0: Yeah. Um, and the other thing I'm looking at on this, on this roster, um, I mean, it's, it's a crazy roster. The amount of drafted players on Sweden is, is, is crazy. Um, you know it's the best of the best in this tournament so walk us through kind of the the preparation now between now so you got the tournament in czechia in in november what's yeah. your what's your timetable between now and the actual so, so so if we start with the end in mind the goal is gold
1: yeah of course but it's a tough thing but you need to do everything you possibly can so yes
0: so but you will be there too. Your, 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 your work does not end when the tournament starts. It's all the way up to, it could be the last overtime period in the gold medal game.
1: Yeah, it could be like a coach's challenge in the final five minutes of the final. Then you need to be make sure you have the right footage and um, say the right words to the coaches. Make the right call.
0: So are you just like in the NHL, do you have, are they allowed to have iPads on the, on the bench and review plays?
1: Yeah. Yes, they have. So they can do that.
0: So you're, so you're up there with your headphones and you're like, Ooh, I saw this boom, put it in front of them. So, cause I, I, you know, as a coach, I know how you can't take your eyes off of stuff, but, but for a yeah. second, so you're, you're communicating Magnus. Hey, you need to look at this.
1: Yeah, Magnus, or uh, I think I Ger, Jaron uh, Dahlgren will have the the ear.
0: <laughs> lexon guy, of course.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: <laughs> no, that's good. That's gonna be uh that's gonna be. But but then you are the eye in the sky. Are you watching your stuff on monitors? Or are you watching?
1: Because some of these are gonna be played in big arenas, and yeah, but mostly here in Sweden they have uh, that you check and uh, the game live but i know in north america they have separate rooms where you sit in like a uh, in the locker rooms actually in okay. front of the tv so but in sweden they always we always do live
0: so what what do you prefer do you, so when you were watching that game yeah. are you watching the monitor or are you watching the the actual live
1: I I've, I've actually never tried to do that in front of a TV in the locker room but I would know I would prefer to do it live because you ha- get that uh, hawk eye vision much better.
0: And that's what you're used to from being a player and as a coach and right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, if you're a if you're an Xbox NHL uh, 23 guy, maybe you you're more used to. <laughs> but if you're doing that, you're probably not going to be a video coach for the national team.
1: Uh, I was a long time I played Xbox. I'd say.
0: <laughs> yeah, I gave up when it when they added uh, two more buttons that 30 years ago. That's when I quit. So <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, it's going to be interesting. I think that it's, 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 um, to me, video analysis, I mean, lots of thoughts. Let's round out with this thought on, on, on where do you see the biggest, um, you know, some coaches or some people just think that there's way too much emphasis on, on video analysis and that, that complicates things too much for players and, you know, they just need to focus on just working hard and not so
1: much on video review? Well, I think that could be true in some cases because I think uh, a few coaches, they have long video sessions, like over 30 minutes going over every situation. I know that young coaches that we're working with video since the start, that they're really, uh, what do you say? they really make sure that these video sessions are short and clear message all the time. So they may, they could be like seven to 15 minutes. And then people uh, in the team, they like the video sessions because they get something out of it. If you're in there for like 30, 40, 50 minutes, they're gonna think it's really boring and they're gonna say that they hate video. So I think it depends on who you talk to.
0: Are you? Let me ask you this too. Something that just came to my mind: the best of the best. How much time are they spending on an individual basis, and what's the importance there of what you're talking about with Sport Logic or Instat and watching their
1: own stuff? Well, they watch every shift of their game. I I know that, but I think it's. Uh, Important just to watch it, uh, just to see where you can improve, and also what good things are doing, what things are working. So, what things are working, and what could I improve next time I happen to get in this situation? What 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 I want to do?
0: Yeah, because sometimes it could be like you have a really really good feeling after the game, man. I played really good, and then when they look at the video, they're like, "Uh, I kind of messed up here 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 here. Or the opposite. I felt really bad, and then when you look at the the data or the facts, it may be no, I didn't play so bad. Uh, just this situation and that situation overshadowed. So, I, so my my feeling, my self worth goes down because of one or two situations, but ninety five percent of the stuff was really, really good. It
1: kind of. Started. Yeah, I mean, if you look at Conor McDavid, he he would never have a perfect game even if he's the best player in the world. So you shouldn't be that hard on yourself on mistakes. It's only like things you can learn from.
0: Yeah. No, it's going to be fun to kind of, um, uh, I, I, I'm a personally, I mean, when I was coaching, I, you know, at a low level we were using, and we're talking about you 14 boys. And I thought that it was because kids are such visual learners. It really helped to show the things rather than to just talk, 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 talk. Cause I realized they weren't listening. So let's show it, but you're right. Five minutes. It may have been two scenarios and that's it. That's all I could do. And then they were, you lost them. So, uh, but as the professional level goes up, um, it is a tool It's not the be all end all, but it's a tool in your toolkit, just like a power skate instructor or a, you know, uh, health, you know, strength and conditioning, physio, um, diet, and, and everything else. Um, you, you, it's a component that if you don't do it, you're probably missing opportunities. Um, yes. So let's finish up here. Two things. Um, we have a um, partnership with Target Aid, I mentioned it a little bit. So we have an emphasis on. Club hjärta, the, the, the club or the team in my heart that we want to highlight as in under our target aid profile. What's your which team is uh, do, do, would your team
1: your team be? Well, it, it, it'd be my youth club and my hometown Kalmar, I think. That's awesome. We will
0: make sure that that uh, you, you you will have a little subsection for Kalmar under there. And uh, I'm sure that um, that we can uh, help promote that as well. So, last thing: uh, you're 29. You're you're a few more years wiser than when you were 17. If you met yourself at 17, uh, so back then, Troya Youngby days, what would you? You didn't have the experience you have now. What advice would you give yourself if you met yourself and sat there on the bench, no one's looking? And uh, what advice would you give yourself?
1: I probably would say that, uh, like I said before to you when, you, when we talked about juniors, like, what are my goals and what do I need to do to reach those goals? And maybe ask people who have reached these goals, maybe try to get in touch with them and like, what did you do when you, do, when you were 18 or 17 in those years? So like get the real facts about what it's uh, really what it takes, takes.
0: Yeah. yeah i think it's great and that's the part about mentors that the the, the folks that really succeed when they can see you know an, an example is the kids of professional athletes that live and they're surrounded by this environment they know what it takes they see it every day it's really difficult for and that's why it's so impressive for, for kids that didn't grow up and and didn't know what it took uh, and they figured it out on their own. It's even – but it it is much easier when you have that playbook in front of you and it's easier to follow along um, than to figure it out on your own. So, uh, Jacob, thank you for coming on. It's been educational and informative, which is the objectives of this uh, – of this podcast i'm going to go check out sport logic and dartfish and 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 learn a little bit more about that but more importantly uh kind of whet my appetite i know we're still early and we still got a long ways till world juniors but since it's on home turf um uh, what's your prediction lastly
1: we're going for gold of course but you never know
0: yeah i I love it love it thank you jacob and uh, we'll stay in touch for sure
1: yeah thank you